morning, church. How y'all doing? Well, it's good to virtually see y'all again. Hey, wherever you are, sing this out with us. It's a great song. I think you know it. Sing along. Worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You'll free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God. You have done great things. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. Mm-hmm. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. Yes, you will. You will do great things. Oh, oh, hero of heaven, you'll conquer the grave. You'll free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Come on, sing this out. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. done great things. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. We sing hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You have done great things. Oh, God, you do great things. Amen. Isn't God good? 
He's done so many wonderful, awesome, incredible, powerful, mighty things. And he can do those things over and over again for you. As a matter of fact, that's the theme of today. Pastor's going to be coming on a little later and talking about getting unstuck. Getting unstuck from all of the things that are holding you back. And one of the things that that reminded me of was this verse in Acts. Where Paul and Silas, who after preaching the gospel and going out and defying all of the laws of the land, they still felt the need to go spread the word. So because of that, they got thrown in prison. And the Bible says that they were in there and they were shackled up, chained up to the walls and the, the gates had closed and the guards had all gone home and they were by themselves. But the Bible says at the middle of the night, at midnight actually, this happened. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison was shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I'm telling you what, man, that can happen for you. The chains that are holding you back, whatever's keeping you stuck, whatever's binding you, God's got the power to break those chains. Sing this song along with us. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain tape. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. all search for the light of day in the dead of night we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight we've all run to things we know just ain't right but there's a better life oh there's a better life if you got pain he's a pain taker you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, oh, he's a chain breaker. Mm. If you believe it, if you receive it. You can feel it. Somebody testify. Oh, if you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. Oh, if you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, my God's a way maker. If you need freedom, 
saving. He's a prison shaking savior. You got chains. He's a chain breaker. If you need freedom, if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, oh, he's a chain breaker. So, Father God in heaven, we bless your mighty name, not for anything that you've done, but because of who you are. We know that you have all power, all authority to break the chains that are binding us. So, God, help us in this new year, 2021, to get unstuck. Change us, remake us, renew us so that we look more like Jesus. It's through that mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us. Um, please check into the service. Get your phone out and text the word here to the number that's on your screen. And if you're a first-time guest, we want to send you a free gift. We're going to email you that. So go ahead and check in right now. Um, we will be meeting online only for the month of January. But make sure to follow us on social media so that you know of any changes that are coming up. Um, the results are in for Let There Be Light, and we are so excited to share the results with you. So stick around, and after the message, Pastor Jared's going to share that information of how well we did with that. Um, Pastor Jared's going to be talking today about being unstuck. So let's pray as he comes. Dear Heavenly Father, God, there are times in our lives when we just feel stuck, and it feels like we cannot get out. But you have provided a way out, and you have the power and the might to get us through these difficult times, God. And I pray that as Pastor Jared comes, you will open up our minds to um, listen to what you have to say and to soften our hearts to things in our lives that we need to change. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. I'm Jared Kirk, the lead pastor of Renewal Church. I want to welcome those of you who are watching online and let you know that we are going to be meeting online only in the month of January because of the government restrictions. And we look forward to meeting together again in person as soon as we're able to. Now, we'll update you at the end of January to make sure that you know everything you need to know. Hey, follow us on social media right now. Take out your phone. You don't normally hear the pastor say that, but take out your phone during church right now. Follow us on social media so that you are updated on what exactly is happening. And hey, one other thing. This is kind of cool. We're filming in a new location today. This is actually Lion of Judah Church in Boston. It's a mixed English and Hispanic congregation, Leon de Juda. So maybe do something cool. Look them up on social media, tag them, and thank them for making sure our, our church has a place to film our services on Sundays in the month of January. So special thanks to Lion of Judah Church for making that happen. Hey, so today we're gonna talk about bad habits. Now, I am the king of bad habits. I got married when I was 21 years old. So literally, I came out of college, like kind of living that, like I was down in South Florida, living in cargo shorts and sandals, like with guy roommates my entire life, and then I got married, and I just brought all these bad habits into my marriage, but maybe my most annoying bad habit was at the end of the day when I would change, instead of taking my clothes and putting them in the dirty clothes bin, I would just leave them in piles 
all over the floor. Heather called them rapture piles because it looked like you would just see all my clothes from the day and I was nowhere to be found. It looked like I'd been just snatched up to heaven or something like that. It was just one of those bad, annoying habits. We all have those, but here's a, here's a, here's a deeper truth. We all have habits that are annoying and quirky, but we also have bad habits that are much more destructive. And sometimes the, these bad habits get into your life and it's this pattern, this cycle that keeps repeating of you sin and then you feel shame because of that. Then you live in denial, like maybe you say it's not a big deal or it's not a sin or I don't have to deal with it. And that leads to distance from God and from the people in your life that you love the most, like your spouse or your friends or your family or your church. And so that cycle of sin and shame, denial and distance just repeats over and over again. And it is so destructive in your life. And listen, here, here's why we're talking about that today. Because I believe, and I've just seen this in our church and the people I talk to, that 2020 and now 2021, because because listen, let's face it, 2021 was not this magic silver bullet that just made everything better all of a sudden, has made these bad habits worse. And for so many people, those uh, sinful patterns in our lives came rushing back with a vengeance in 2020. In fact, some of the things that you thought you had defeated with God's help were gone from your life are still there in your life today because the pressure and the uncertainty and the anxiety that came from 2020, instead of dealing with that in a godly way, we dealt with that in sinful ways and unhealthy ways and that pattern of sin and shame, distance and denial just keeps repeating over and over again in our lives. But here's the cool thing about our God. One of the things I, I just, I absolutely love about knowing and following our God is that he's not the God of second chances. He's the God of a million second chances. And the moment you turn to him for help and say, God, I, I wanna deal with this in a godly way. He has so much grace to give you. He has so much help and hope to give you in your life to help you change. And in fact, one of the things God has given you to help you change is a community of Jesus followers, a church that gathers together for worship. But we need to talk about what that looks like when church services are online because God has helped to bring into your life to change through the people he surrounded you with in a church family. But what does that look like in 2020? That's what we're gonna talk about today so that you can get unstuck from these bad habits in your life. That's why we're looking in the book of Hebrews today. And we're looking at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And as I said, we're starting this new series called Unstuck. We're breaking bad habits so that we can grow spiritually in 2021, just believing that God has all of this grace to give you. And we're going to look at how that grace comes to us over the next five weeks or so in the month of January. So we're going to explore that together. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, and then we're going to point some things out from the text together. So let me read it to you. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, this letter of Hebrews, we don't actually know who wrote this letter. It, it's, it's anonymous, but we do know that it was 
written by someone who had this intimate knowledge of who Jesus was. He wrote it to a group of Christians who were Jewish, and he had two main purposes. The author had two main purposes in mind when he wrote it, and the first one was to let people know that Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than Moses. Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater than the temple. Jesus is greater than the angels. Jesus is greater. He is superior in every way. And here's the second thing. This church of Jewish believers was on the verge of giving up. They were tired. They were worn down. And as a result, some of them had given up on their faith, and they had stopped meeting together with other Christians. And this author wants them to say, hey, keep going. Keep persevering. Now, these twin emphases, we're going to see these come through really strong. And as we look at this text, we're going to see how we get God's grace to change. I want to point a few things out. And here's what it says. And here's what we need to look at. Number one, God's grace comes to us as we show up. Show up. That's the first thing. If you want to grow, you have to put yourself in an environment where growth happens. I mean, we live in Boston, right? And so it's the middle of the winter here. And so you could take two identical plants and you could take one plant and put it outdoors in a garden and then take the same exact kind of plant and put it indoors in a greenhouse. And one of them's gonna die and one of them's gonna thrive. But the difference is not the soil or the plant or the sun. The only difference is the environment that it's in is an environment conducive to growth. If you wanna grow and change and get unstuck, You've got to put yourself in that environment. You have to show up. You've got to make a commitment to show up for worship gatherings, whether that's online, as soon as they're in person, being there in person, being a part of a community group of people, making that a priority in your life. And that's why the author of Hebrews says, hey, not giving up meeting together. <laughs> you got you to gotta stick with it. You got to show up. I mean, think about this. You imagine a fire, and there's full of, it's full of coals that are glowing red underneath it. If you get some tongs and you take one coal out of the fire, what happens? It goes out. You take that same exact coal and put it back in the fire, and what happens? It starts glowing red hot again. When you surround yourself with other people who have that passion for Jesus, your faith comes alive too. You've got to show up so that God's grace can come into your life. Now, There is a reason that the author of Hebrews gives the church this command to show up. Now, if you're a Christian, that's actually a command. Don't forsake the meeting together of the saints. If you're not a Christian, you know, you can just try this out for yourself and see if it doesn't work. Surround yourself with people of faith. See if faith doesn't start to come alive in your life. But if you're a Christian, this is a command. Now, why is this command given? The author of Hebrews tells us in a couple verses before, 19 through 21. And here's what he says. Therefore... Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, therefore he gives us these commands to, to meet together and to spur one another on. Now, what the, now, there's a lot going on there, and it's like if you don't know the Jewish temple system and the high priest and the holy, like it's, it's a little hard to understand. But the overwhelming emphasis of what he's saying there is, Jesus has made a way for you to come into God's presence through his blood. 
And so the, the, holy, uh, holy, the most holy place was the place where God's presence was. And, and only the high priest could go in there once a year. And, no one, and then he had to offer a sacrifice of blood for the people and for himself. No one else could go in. In fact, the other priests actually would tie a rope around his ankle, which I, I love. I think this is like the most hilarious, the greatest solution to a problem of all time. They're like, listen, only the high priest can go in there. So what happens if he dies or he falls or he trips or something? And they're like, I, dude, I don't know, tie, tie a rope around his ankle. And that way if something happens, we can just pull him right back out and we can't go in there. But all of that was in place to protect people from the holiness of God. But because of Jesus, we have access to God's personal presence, his spirit living in us. If you have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, God's personal presence, his spirit lives in you. That is crazy. You know, one day when you get to heaven and you, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get to meet Moses there and you'll say to him, hey, Moses, what was it like parting the waters and walking through on dry land? And maybe Moses would look right back at you and say, what was it like having God's spirit live inside of you because Jesus has made a way. And because of that, the author says, therefore, you've got to gather together to worship Jesus because he has made a way for you to be in God's presence through his blood. And you know, I mean, I think this is pretty common. If we're going to be, let's be honest with each other for a second here. Some of us have said, and we all know friends who have said, you know, I, I connect God better when I'm at the mountains. Or I, I really connect with God through when I go to the beach. But I just don't really connect with God at church. See, the only problem is with that. When you love Jesus, you learn to love his bride. Warts and all. You see, it doesn't make any sense at all if you were to say to me, hey, Jared, I love hanging out with you. I love experiencing your presence, just not when your bride is around. Like, like we couldn't be friends. If you said, Jared, I want to go to the beach with you. Could you just make sure that your bride isn't with us? Jared, could we go to the mountains? I love experiencing your presence at the mountains. You're a mountain man. No one's ever said that about me. That was weird. But just as long as your bride isn't there, it's like, no, we can't be friends. And here's the other thing. The Bible says the church is Christ's body. Now, what if you said to me, Jared, I love hanging out with you. I, I want to I be with you. I just can't stand your body. People actually have said that to me before. No, it's, you, you know, it's like his body is part of him. To love Jesus is, is to learn to love his bride, is to learn to love his body and to long to be together with him. And, I, and here's one of the great truths that when you are saved, you have a longing to gather together with other people who know the Lord. And so if you want God's grace in your life to get unstuck, you gotta show up. You gotta make that commitment to be there no matter what. Here's the second thing we see in this verse. First, we show up. Second, we think up. And what does that mean? Look, let's look at the verse again. 1024 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us consider. That's the language of thinking. Let me consider. Let me think about. Let me meditate on. Let me dream up. Let me think up ways that I can spur other people on. That's a Greek word that means provoke. You know, provoke is what the youngest kid, what the youngest child in the family does. Some of you are married to a youngest child, so you know they're always provoking you. They're always poking you. And the author here is saying, we're provoking each other, all right, but to love like God loves. 
to do good deeds like Jesus did good deeds, to live a life like Jesus lived. And so we should always be thinking up how we can help other people. Now, before I gather together with God's family, that means I need to spend some time thinking about who needs to be encouraged, who needs to be listened to, who needs to be prayed for. God, who do you want me to show up at this gathering and invest in their life? I'm constantly thinking up, how can I pour into other people? And if you don't know anybody at church, I understand it's actually really hard to do this which is why community groups are so important. So that there's at least some people in a church that you know who they are and you could choose to purposefully invest in them. And listen, while we're meeting online, they become even more important. It says, Heather and I are a part of a community group and these are the people that I show up online on my Zoom meeting with them and say, hey, what's going on in your life? How are you following Jesus? What's your next step? How can we help you do this better? Now, In this sermon today, in this message today, we're talking about how God's grace comes to you to help you change. But this point is about how you can help other people change. So like, like what's that about? How does that help you change? And it's really simple. This is about creating a culture in a community of believers where everyone is showing up saying, I'm gonna help you follow Jesus. I'm gonna spur you on to love like God loves and live like Jesus lived. And It works kind of like a marriage. If you show up in a marriage thinking, what can I get out of this? It's gonna be a terrible marriage. But if you show up in a marriage thinking, how can I serve this other person? And they're saying the same thing, then you're gonna end up being served and you're both gonna have this mutual love for each other. Churches work the same way. Could you imagine being a part of a church where every person comes to each gathering thinking, man, I hope other people encourage me and serve me and love me and build me up today. You'd end up with an entire church full of self-centered people, self-centered needy people right? Instead, if you have a church where every person is showing up saying, I'm going to love somebody today. I'm going to encourage somebody today. I'm going to, I'm going to spur somebody on today. I'm going to check in on them. Then you're going to make a difference. And I, I think that what we see in this text is so different than so much of American Christianity. If we're being honest, a lot of American Christianity is I want to show up. I want to be fed. I want to make sure the message is good. I want to make sure the music is spot on because it needs to be about feeding me. But the truth is, when you become mature, you learn to feed yourself. You know, my youngest kid right now is, uh, is she's four. I don't feed her. She's only four. I don't feed her anymore. She feeds herself. In fact, we're already trying to teach her to contribute to the family. And in churches where everyone shows up thinking, how can I serve Man, it ends up being a healthy environment. It ends up being an environment where God brings grace into your life. It ends up being a transformative, life-changing environment where God brings grace in to change your life. And here's the other truth. Somebody needs you. You know, you may think, I don't really need to go to church this week. <laughs> I had a tough week. I need to sleep in on Sunday. I really need some brunch. Uh, or maybe I need, to, I need to take a trip. My faith is in a good spot. I, I'll be okay. But there might be someone there at your gathering, or maybe your online gathering with your community group that had a tough week. They lost their job this week. They're feeling weak this week. They're worried they're gonna give in to temptation this week. Their marriage or their, their relationship is falling apart this week. They got sick this week. They're discouraged this week. They felt despair or depression this week. And the truth is, they need you. Because God, that's how God put the body of the church together, that we need each other. And so when we gather, when you gather, we gotta be constantly thinking up, how can I love these other people? So I show up, I think up, and here's the third thing, I look up. 
the author of Hebrews reminds us to spur one another on to love and good works, to not neglect meeting together, and then says this, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It is important to gather, to look up, and remember eternity is coming. Heaven is coming. You know, there's a day of accountability that's coming for every person, and it's going to be a day of either reward or regret. And my job as your pastor is to increase your joy on that day. And that's actually why I have the best job in the entire world, to make sure that that day that's coming is going to be a day of wonderful, magnificent, eternity-shaping joy for you. But here's a truth that's worth thinking about. Not just your pastor, but your church family. They are the only people, probably, in your life that reminds you that eternity is coming and that there is a day of accountability coming from every person. Like, like everything else you hear, every show, every, every talking head, every podcast, everything is communicating either explicitly or implicitly, implicitly that this life is all there is. But we gather once a week to remember that eternal things matter. And we aim our life at that. And without that, rem- without that reminder, our lives drift. And we just start looking at what's in front of us, what's shouting the loudest, what's, what's trying to grab our attention the most. And Satan loves to let our hearts drift away from the eternal and start worrying and being anxious and being upset about temporary things that don't last. But when you gather with God's people, you are reminded of that approaching day. And you know, in heaven, there's a couple things you can't do. You won't be able to care for the poor in heaven because there will be no more needs. You won't be able to share your faith with the lost in heaven because they won't be there. You won't be able to shape your eternal rewards and responsibilities in heaven because the time for that will already be over. And so when you gather with God's people and look up towards heaven and eternity, it, it helps you to make an eternally lasting impact with your life and make decisions that are, that are gonna lead to joy eternally for you. And that will lead to you making better decisions, you growing, God bringing grace into your life to change and to get unstuck. And so what do you do with that? Right, when, when we leave here today, like <clears throat> we talked about this before that, you know, this is a weird time that we meet online as a church right now. And so what does this mean? Well, there's a couple of things it means, and here's the first one. If you do not have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, that's step number one. Man, if that's not in place in your life, you're always gonna want to change and never have the power that you need to change. And even if you come to church and put yourself in that environment, but you're not hooked up to the, to the power source, you are not gonna grow. It's almost like if you were a light bulb and you can come and come to church and screw that into the lamp and you say, okay, I should be growing now. It's like, listen, unless it's plugged in, that light is not gonna shine. Until you have that relationship with God in your life, you are always going to struggle with bad habits and never be able to overcome them. But the great news of the gospel is that God loved you so much that before the world was even created, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit hatched this plan so that God could get his kids back. Jesus came to earth. He lived a perfect life. 
He died on the cross so your sin could be forgiven. He rose from the dead so that you could have freedom and hope. And you can come to him. He gives you this salvation as a free gift so that you can have a relationship with God. And his personal presence will live in you and give you the power to change. I mean, it's incredible. And it's a free gift to you, but it wasn't free to him. On Christmas morning when my kids open their presents, they love it because it's free to them. But it wasn't free to me. I had to pay for it. In the same way, this gift of salvation is free to you but it cost Jesus his life on the cross. And so when we pray at the end of the message today, I'm gonna give you a chance to get that relationship right and say, today, I need God's power to change in my life. So that's the first thing. But here's the second thing. Maybe it's as simple for you as making a commitment to show up. You say, when I'm in town, I will be at church. When there's an online, when there's an online church service, I will watch it. When I am in town and there's an in-person gathering, I will be there because I need it, because the church needs it, because I need to worship God. I need to make a commitment to show up. And we know this, that the decisions that we make define us. The decisions you make define you. And, you know, you've probably been seeing all kinds of stuff online and social media about change and resolutions for 2021. And one of the things that we know is that if you make these big decisions and these big changes that you can't keep up long term, then you'll quit. But if you make smaller decisions that you could do for the rest of your life, then over time it will lead to bigger changes in your life. And maybe that small change for you is just to say with a commitment, when I am in town, I will be there. When there's an online service, I will show up. When there's a community group, I will make it a priority to be there. And that decision will define your life. Now, you may say that it's a sacrifice to come to a church gathering or to make the time to do that. And, you know, it kind of is. You know, a lot of people work hard jobs, they work long jobs, and they wish that they could sleep in on Sunday morning, and, and so it feels like a sacrifice. And I would say a couple things about that. Number one, <laughs> no sacrifice you could ever make would be bigger than the sacrifice Jesus made for you. It just, it's just not possible. Number two, God loves worship that involves sacrifice. Like if your worship doesn't cost you any, if there's no sacrifice at all in your worship, is that even worship? No, God loves the fact that you're sacrificing to worship him. He loves that. And, and here's the other thing I would say is maybe, I mean, if we're being totally honest with each other, we need a little bit of perspective. These Hebrew Christians who were forsaking the meeting together of the saints, a lot of them were being persecuted for their faith and many of them were slaves which meant that once a week to gather to worship, they would have to get up before the sunrise. They would have to go in the dark worship with other Christians and be back at the homestead before sunrise so that they could work as slaves. And so for, so maybe a little bit of perspective in our lives saying, you know what, maybe it's actually not quite as hard as I was, I was saying, Jesus is worth it to put him first in my life. Maybe that perspective is, maybe it's, maybe it's worth having. All right. So watch online, show up at your online CG when church is in person, be there. Because it could shape eternity. And I want to close by telling you this story. When we uh, first started our church, we met a young woman who had, who had just become a Christian. And here's how she became a Christian. She grew up in a, a Buddhist family, and she had been going through a rough patch in her life. So a friend invited her to a church, and this was way down south in the Bible Belt. And so churches down there are full of these old church ladies. And you kind of you get to know the type. And, 
this church lady sees this young woman there. And, and so she walks up to her after the service and says, hey, what brought you to church? And she kind of figured out that this young woman had this kind of gaping hole in her soul and she had been looking for, for boyfriends and success and achievement, like the same kind of things we all look for, and, 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 but she was missing Jesus. And so that lady said, okay, I'm gonna pray for you. Now, the young woman went home and she didn't come back to church for several weeks because when you're brand new to church, you, don't, you usually don't come every week. So she, so she showed up weeks later and when she did, that old church lady was there and she came and found her and said, hey, I've been, I've been waiting for you to come. I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. I bought a book for you. And she put a copy of The Purpose Driven Life in this young woman's hands. And she took that book, the young woman took that book and she read it and God used it to help her put her faith in Jesus Christ. And when I think about that story, that's incredible to me because it was one lady, it was one church lady who just by her presence there said, I'm here to do whatever God wants me to do to help another person find Jesus for eternity. And through her faithfulness, her attendance, her thoughtfulness changed someone's eternal destination. That's awesome. And so you never know what God would do through you just by showing up, thinking up, and looking up. Hey, if you would, wherever you are, unless you're driving, would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? And I wanna say a final prayer, and I do wanna invite you to put your faith in Jesus if you need that relationship in your life. I'm gonna lead that prayer now. God, I know that I need you in my life to break my bad habits. In fact, me being honest, God, is saying they're not just bad habits. I'm a sinner. And I need your help to change. I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead to give me freedom and hope. And I want to live for him from this day forward. Would you come into my life and save me? Make heaven my home and holiness my goal. I pray today and put myself in your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that today, would you send us an email and let us know? Make sure you check into the service because we want to send you some free gifts and stuff. Now I'm going to hand it over to, actually, to my lovely bride, Heather. We're going to give together in just a minute, so get ready for that. You heard Pastor Jared mention the importance of taking next steps in your Christian walk. And one great next step that you could take would be to sign up for text alerts. This way you can find out what um, new teaching series are coming up and events that the church is happening. So all you have to do is check into the service today. Um, you're going to text the word here to the number on your screen and you'll be signed up for text alerts. Um, we're going to give together now. You can give through um, the text to give on your screen. There's the number as well as through the Renewal Church app. And um, we're just so grateful for your generosity. Pastor Jared's going to actually come back up and talk about our Let There Be Light offering. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so Let There Be Light, we had this goal as a church over the course of the six weeks in November and December to give $75,000. That's a big goal for a church that's like ours. We're not a huge church. In fact, that was a bigger goal than we've ever had before, and 2020 was a harder year than we've ever had before. But the numbers have come in. Giving for Let There Be Light is officially closed, and we exceeded our goal 
75000 and and you gave $76,000. <laughs> so thank you so much for just being a part of what God is doing. That was also that we could meet needs and share the gospel. That's going to go to help.